this is Kara Foster, Senior Minister of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky. You're listening to our sermon podcast. You can connect with us at firstchristianmadisonville.org or join us in person at 8.30 and 11 a.m. at 10.30 College Drive in beautiful Madisonville, Kentucky. I hope you'll subscribe. Thanks. Here we are going through some of the great prayers of the Bible, and today we have Hannah's prayer. And before I read her beautiful poetic prayer, I want to remind you a little bit about Hannah's story. So who is Hannah? She is Samuel's mama, her one and only child. Samuel would become a great priest, but also a prophet and judge who would help to rule Israel. God would use Samuel's life in a big way. He would... Uh, help Samuel would help to clear out a lot of corruption of the religious leaders of the time. He would even be one of the ones to anoint King David and usher in a new reign. Samuel is an important leader to the people of Israel. And Hannah was his mom. And she offers this prayer of praise. It is a total, wow, God, you are awesome moment. It's this kind of prayer that I want to read for you in just a moment. But before I do, I want you to keep in mind that this is a prayer from someone who has also known great heartache. She has had hard and painful days, and she offers this prayer, prayer of gratitude, prayer of thanksgiving, prayer of hope, prayer of praise, filled with awe of what God has done for her in her life. And I'm going to be reading from 1 Samuel chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And I invite you to read along with me. Scripture says, Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord, my strength is exalted in my God. My hope derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. There is no holy one like the Lord, no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bowels of the mighty are broken, and the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry are fat with spoil. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low. He also exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might does one prevail. The Lord, his adversary, shall be shattered. The, The Most High will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. It's beautiful words. No holy one like the Lord, no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. She says, talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. The Lord is a God of knowledge. It's a beautiful prayer. She's boasting of 
the goodness of God. She's praising God with her whole heart. As I mentioned earlier, this prayer is not from someone who just sees life and experiences life as nothing but rain, rainbows and gumdrops. This is a woman who has known deep heartache. She's boasting of God, almost in spite of it. You know, um, when I was doing my chaplain training at a hospital in Nashville, one of my fellow students was a woman named Ruth. And Ruth was a woman of such a deep and abiding faith. But she was also incredibly cheerful. Do you know some of those people, like she sort of almost never had a bad day. And let me tell you, when you work in a hospital, being impeccably cheerful all the time can be a dangerous thing. I always, she used to always tell us that um, she was too blessed to be stressed. And I used to worry that she was gonna say that to the wrong ICU nurse at just the wrong moment, who would not appreciate being told that she was too blessed to be stressed. But this prayer, this is not someone who just is always happy, Pollyanna, everything's rainbows kind of person. This person, Hannah, this is a hard fought for faith. She has known heartache. She has known deep pain. She knew the reality of being told that she was less than for years and years and years. She knew the pain of praying the same prayer again and again and again, year after year, and feeling like she never got an answer. And maybe you know that kind of pain too. Maybe you know Hannah's pain. Maybe not exactly like hers. Her pain was the pain of infertility. She wanted to be a mother. And especially in a time and place, in a culture and society, where being a mother was totally tied up to your identity, your place, your status, your future in life, and to know that that wasn't happening for her. She had prayed this prayer for so long. And of course, in this time and place, this is a polygamy society, Hannah's husband had another wife, and she happened to have a bunch of kids, and she was cruel and terrible to Hannah about that. She often made her feel less than. Scripture says that she would provoke and irritate Hannah because she didn't have any children. Hannah was heartbroken. The Scripture says that even on a special occasion, she was so heartbroken that she couldn't eat. Her husband would try to console her, but... Nothing would touch this pain. She was so lost. And she brings it all to God in prayer. Which I hope is one of the first things we all take notice about all of these examples that I lift up about prayer. Whether I'm talking about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane or Hannah here praying in God's house, she brings all of it to God. Her worries, her fears, her heartache, her pain, her hopes. And that's what we are supposed to do too. God wants all of us, the good, the bad, the ugly, the hard stuff, not just the polite prayers of our hearts, but how we truly are feeling. I hope you bring it all to God in prayer again and again and again. God can handle it. The scripture 
Verse 10, chapter 1 says, Hannah was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Hannah took all that she had to God and she prayed. She was such a passionate prayer that one of the priests actually thought she was drunk in, the, in God's house. She was praying that hard to God. So she prayed that God would give her a child and she promised God that if her prayer was ever answered, that she would not forget the gift she was given. And she promised God if she had a child, she would give that gift right back to God to be raised in the temple. And when she had her son, Samuel, which means heard by God, she never forgot her promise. For this child I have prayed, she said. And instead of holding on tighter to him, she did the most selfless thing she could, and she gave Samuel back to God. And now, this prayer that we heard earlier is after she has done that. She praises God for what God has done and what God will do. He will guard the feet of the faithful ones. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts up the needy from the ash heap. She prays because she's lived it. She has been that one on the ash heap. She has seen her life been raised up from rock bottom. It is her story, and she has glimpsed God's goodness up close in her life, and the prayer seems to pour out of her. She is full of praise for what God has done. You know, there's an Episcopal priest in Nashville that I'm a big admirer of, Reverend Becca Stevens in Nashville, and she has talked a lot and written a lot about a very um, hard part of her own life. And one of the things about Becca Stevens is that she lost her dad to a drunk driving accident when she was just five years old. And so she was raised by a single mother for most of her life. And um, her dad was killed just a little after a year that they had moved to Nashville. Her father was also an Episcopal priest and he was killed in this tragic accident a year after he began serving at a local church there. But the part I wanted to read to you about her story is she tells about a time in her life that was a full 30 years after she had lost her dad on another very incredibly hard and sad day of her life. And she writes that she was about eight weeks pregnant and was in the process of having a miscarriage when she got the call that her mother was in the hospital and was dying. She had been diagnosed with a very rare disease. It was actually a variant of mad cow disease and it was quickly killing her. And this is what Becca writes. She says, I wasn't sure what to pray for or whom to turn to. My mom was settling into her room at the hospital when a nurse walked in and asked me if my mom happened to be the wife of her childhood pastor. Since my father had only been the pastor for a year before the car crash, and it had been 30 years ago, I was shocked that she asked. I didn't think anyone in Nashville remembered him still. The nurse said my dad had been to her parents' house on a pastoral emergency and it was just after he left their house that the drunk driver killed him. This nurse said to me, his sacrifice was what had saved my parents' marriage. I had never known any part of this story. 
Now, was it inevitable that my mom contracted one of the deadliest diseases on the planet, or that I would miscarry on the same morning I learned that my mom was dying? Or that the one nurse in all of Nashville who felt like she owed a piece of her life to my family would walk in to care for her. I honestly don't know. What I do know is that even on the hardest days, we can feel love's presence, God's presence. We are not lost. In the practically divine, no matter where we are, we are found. And I share her story with you today because even in that incredibly heartbreaking hospital room in Nashville, the goodness of God's mercy showed up. That we are not lost. That we are not forgotten. That even out of the ash heap of our own despair, God can raise us up. I think that happens to have been what Becca's ministry has been about in Nashville as she has started a ministry for women in Nashville who've been living on the street. She's still reminding others that God can raise us up. And it's Hannah's prayer of praise today. She has seen the goodness of God up close and personal in her life. There is no holy one like the Lord. No one beside you. There is no rock like our God. So the next time, the next time you see it, the next time you really glimpse the goodness of God's mercy and love in your life, when God shows up for you, and you happen to have the good sense to recognize it in that moment, whether it's a big life-changing, one-of-a-kind moment, or just a small glimmer of light to help you make your way by through a really dark and uncertain time. Keep watch. Keep your eyes open. Maybe it's just looking up at the moon one night and suddenly seeing the beauty of God's creation, and it just stops you in the tracks. Or the beauty of watching leaves begin to change in October and you just stop and thank God that God had the good sense to make you a Kentuckian. Maybe it's sitting around the table together, celebrating a birthday dinner, laughing with friends, or holding a brand new baby for the first time. God's goodness can show up in our lives at any time. It's hearing that the surgery went well. It's a five-year sobriety coin. It's ringing the chemotherapy bell. It's tucking in your child at night. For this child, I have prayed. When the goodness of God's mercy shows up in your life, I hope you have the good sense to do what Hannah did. Offer your own prayer. Whether you're just simply saying, Wow, thank you, God. What a show-off you are, God. I see it. Whatever words you have, simple or complicated, and here's the truth, if you don't have the words, you can always use somebody else's. There's no one holy like the Lord, she says, no one besides you, no rock like our God. Thanks be to God for that. Let's pray. Holy one, there is no one besides you. You have raised us out of the ashes of our own despair and heartache. 
You have answered long-held prayers. You have brought us through fire, and you have loved us when we didn't love ourselves. Teach us to have eyes to recognize your goodness in our own life. Give us hearts ready to praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.